I think I went into it knowing that I didn't know anything about being a parent. And so for me, that became, I, I need to learn about this. I need to find good book, read up as much as I can, join group that can teach me things about parenting and start creating, you know, another community around the schools that my kids are going to. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence. We break down the careers of those excelling so you can understand what is out there and how to rise up in every field you choose. Let's get the show on the road, shall we? Your host has spent his life promoting global entrepreneurship, helping 20-somethings find their passion and working to help others achieve excellence. CEO of CollegeWorks, Matt Stewart. Welcome to the show. Thank you for subscribing and recommending us to your buddies that are looking to figure out what they're going to do with their lives and how they're going to follow the path of excellence. We've got a great show again today. We've got Erin Bright on the line. She's going to talk about going from college right into entrepreneurship, selling her company, and staying home to focus on her family and what that transition was like. Now she's getting into business again. We're talking about high achievers that transition to achieving with their family. And it's a tough job, especially emotionally. We're going to get into her life process of working hard, making a mark, keeping her options open, and how to manage relationships and how that transitions and how it's transitioning again. Welcome to the show and welcome to the Edge of Excellence. Oh, my goodness. It's been a long time. And you know, when you've been in business for 30 years in the same company, and there's been 40,000 people that went through CollegeWorks um, that are alumni, I don't remember everybody, but you remember your favorites. And we got one of my favorites here today, and we're going to get interesting. We have Aaron Bright, who's already built two businesses, one with me, one with our company, sold ownership but has shifted. And we're going to talk about being a high achiever and moving into high impact parenting and what that looks like for those of you thinking about it. Uh, we're going to get deep into it with Aaron. But before we do, Aaron Bright, who looks the exact same as she did there in Isla Vista all those years ago, what is your definition of excellence? Oh, I think depending on the day you asked me, I would have a different answer for you because it's, it's a moving target, I think. And it's a journey. And when you sum up all the effort that you've put in is when you could truly put the word excellence on something. And you are in an interesting arena of measured excellence. So that, that definition funny because you've shifted from being a business owner, from being involved in sales, close a deal, get a check, get a bonus, um, see the profit, hire somebody, ding, 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 check, 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 accomplishment, 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 accomplishment. So constant metrics of how you're doing in the workforce. And then some people decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to take a break from this or I'm going to leave this forever. I'm going to start a family. And then that constant metrics changes. We're going to get into that today because you know I've got preset feelings on this. I think it's a very tough job psychologically 
to move from high achiever into building a family. And so maybe your definition changed. It's the sum of all efforts. We'll tally it up later. Um, can I achieve excellence? Um, before we get into the um, changes and the psychological preparation and what you're doing to just impact the family, impact yourself, impact the community. We're going to go back a little bit in history to see what life was like for Aaron Romback back in the day, not Aaron Bright. Aaron Romback, before you went to UCSB, where'd you grow up? In Southern California in a town called Marino Valley. Okay. And in high school, you were trying to get ahead, achieving all that stuff because you went to the greatest school on the West Coast, UC Santa Barbara, Go Gauchos. Not an easy school to get into. And I know it's a little easier back then. So we look even smarter. Uh, but we're, you must have been trying and pushing yourself in Marino Valley. Yes, I was. I was a very dedicated student. Um, I was an athlete, a student athlete. Getting good grades. Right, right. And did you work in and out then? No, not until college. Okay, in and out. And I hate to say this because you and I worked together a long time and the vision of college works is to be the greatest learning experience that anybody ever has. You're the only person that I can confidently say had a job you liked better than college works. And that was in and out. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know if you could confidently say that it was, it was, I had two good jobs. They were both great. <laughs> you had two good jobs and you, and I mean, I remember you were busy working with us, busy. You were a manager racking up huge revenue you were a district manager twice but you stayed it in and out you i mean i think you kept one shift because you yeah. loved working for that company it was a great environment and they took you to hawaii didn't they no didn't they take you on some trip somewhere i don't think so see this is the, this is why this show is not about facts it's about matt's memories <laughs> which are not always filled with facts so you're working hard you're dedicated you're playing sports you get into ucsb you go to ucsb what was your plan at ucsb Whew, um <laughs> I don't think that I I had a great plan at UCSB. I I was a like put your head down and work kind of person. I was then and I think I am now. You didn't know where you were swimming to, you were just swimming fast. Yeah, I think that's fair. And and that's interesting because I I tell my kids if you I don't know my major dad. Well, if you don't if you do know your major, you're probably wrong. Yeah. Uh, as you're going into college. If you don't know your major, that's probably right. I do recommend episode 4 of our podcast Disc you can do a disc test. You can kind of point yourself in the right direction. I wanted to be a lawyer, which I would be horrible at. Um, I've seen people that want to be accountants that aren't detail oriented. So it's in college where you figure out what you're doing. And you just know my past going that way, which is my right arm pointing. If you're listening, since this is a listening podcast, uh, you're going onward and upward. You don't know what you're doing. So you're checking boxes. You're taking Classes that you think are interesting that may hit a major that you might pick that will also qualify for a GE, which I'm going through with my daughter right now. She's picking her classes starting tonight. Um, but you're working hard, working hard, keeping your options open, kind of like what's going on at in and out culture wise. You're getting a exposure to a really solid culture, valuing your employees, having fun at work. Um, you try this business thing out at College Works. Why'd you try the College Works thing out? For the money. <laughs> Oh. The, the original one. And I was a, a business economics major. Okay. Um, so to get some real world experience. And then while in that job, and you know, if you don't live in the Midwest, you don't get to do college works. So maybe you're looking at other internships that really push you hard, that really expose you. And the college works one isn't designed for one major, like you know, you're gonna go do a lab for biology. The college works one's designed for leadership. 
So you're exposed in this weird way, marketing, grinding it out, marketing team, sales, salespeople, customers, customer relations, HR. So you get a little HR, you get a little management, you get a lot of leadership, you get sales, you get to do the production, the operations role. So you're doing all that. You came in for the money and you start to see, okay, maybe this is where I fit. So the college, the college works in the in and out was kind of your putting the puzzle pieces together. Mm -hmm. And did you get out of UCSB in four years? No, I did not. It took me five. I was going to say, because that would be totally dumb. Why would you leave? Well, you live on the beach again, but <laughs> for me, from New Mexico, I wanted to stay there as long as possible. So I got an extra semester in there too. So you get out of college and I don't remember how it went down because people that stay at College Works and become VPs at College Works love working with college students. I love it. You get the eyes brightening, you help them figure their path. They're going from, you know, 10 degrees to 90 degrees up and they stick there, you're that person, but still you went over and started a division of Empire down in San Diego and became an entrepreneur in construction, whereas College Works is kind of in construction, but more in training. Why that jump? How did you figure out that that's what you wanted to do while you're putting your pieces together at UCSB? Well, it happened after I graduated and it it was really about the people and the connection. So the community at um, College Works sat me down and said, you know, we have a good spot for you in a business. We're just starting up. We want you to come home. And I said, that sounds really nice to me. <laughs> so. Okay, then let's talk about that, because that might be the key thing in this podcast. If you're listening right now, pull over, start taking notes. You have a life of keeping your options open. You didn't know where you're going in Marino Valley. You didn't know where you're going at UCSB. All of a sudden, you're just working hard, head down, keeping your options open, and then big options open up. And you worked at Empire for nine years. You got paid during those nine years, but you had equity that after nine years you sold. Most people don't get that option right when they're coming out of college. So what advice do you have for people that have just pulled over in their cars that are listening to this on 1.5 speed because they don't like my voice? What thoughts do you have on how do you keep your options open? What is the key to Aaron Bright? And you're about to start another company, so you've been keeping your options open a lot. What's the key to keeping your options open? Hmm. I think... Well, you already clicked two off. And I tell this to everybody, there's no substitute for working hard. You got to work hard. And I mean, if you're working 40 hours a week you're, and you're leaving 20%, 25% of the work week on the table, if you're working inefficiently and just doing stupid stuff and not figuring out what not to do, not delegating, you're not being impactful. So you kept your options open in high school by working hard, getting good grades in college, by working hard, getting good grades by achieving. So there's that work hard. What else do you think about when you think about keeping your options open? Um, well, I think it's staying connected to your community because that is, you know, what brought me the opportunity of empire. What else? I, I'm a big proponent of, of listening. I would way rather, way rather listen to this podcast than, than speak on it because I am always wanting to hear other people's ideas. You know, just, I think that's a part of lifelong learning is staying curious and trying to absorb as much as you can. Yeah, I was going through this checklist I have of things people need to know in their 20s. I got the podcast, I work in this company, and I got kids in their 20s with all their friends that are flooding my house, raiding now, stealing. We don't even have alcohol in the house. 
Jake's buddies went through every refrigerator and found like 19 random weird drinks that had been left over. So I got this all the time. And, you know, I want to talk about something besides stealing the little bit of booze I have in the house. And so I have this list um, of things you need to know. You need to know time management, stress management. Uh, I'm going to come back to relationship management. Maybe your disc score. You got to have a strong work ethic. You got to get leadership skills, which you get from jobs. And then you know, back to this relationship management. So you're, and I'm thinking about it, options open. How do you keep your options open? Well, first check, Aaron's always worked hard. Two, check making an impact on others. It, maybe it's the company you work with. Maybe it's your coworkers. Always making an impact. But really, with you, and this might be special sauce. If you're listening right now, this might not, might not be your special sauce. Maybe yours is the impact. Maybe yours is just constantly working hard. Maybe yours is ability to pick up other things really quickly and get ahead. Um, and people see that and they talk about it. Aaron's is what she just said, the connection to the community, which is community can be defined in an interesting way, in the company, on your team. And then you say listening. It's basically relationship management. You listen well. People like to be around you. They feel helped by you. So you're performing, working hard. You're impacting the business, which is expected. We expect everybody to work hard and impact the business. But what's the special sauce that makes people call up and say, Aaron, we need to go into business with you. Those listening skills, that relationship management, that checking in, that concern, um, that's probably your special sauce. So if you pulled over and you're thinking, what is your special sauce? You got to work hard. You got to make value. Are you the relationships person? Are you the learn quick person? What is it that you're going to really focus on over the next year to make an impact in your life so you keep your options open? So you're working here, and then all of a sudden, options start changing. And you decide, you know, I've got some money saved up. Um, I've got a partner plan made. I'm going to go into what I call the toughest job that there is. And I'm really sensitive. And I, God, I got to be careful what I say here because I have, I have this conversation a lot. If you're a high achiever, you might be used to what high achievers get used to. Winning, prizes, recognition, newspaper articles, extra conversations. And you make this decision that I'm going to focus however many years. And it could be just till elementary school. It could be through high school. It could be forever. You're going to focus on building a family and being there and interacting with the teachers and being on campus with the teachers and interacting with the friends and knowing the friends' parents and going to the sports and coaching the sports. And that's going to become your full-time 80, 90-hour-a-week job. So you have time for sleep in that. And a little bit for yourself. We have already talked about this. Aaron needs to put the oxygen mask on first. You put yours on before your kids. Got to make time for yourself. But what I've noticed is high achievers, when they move into that role, they're, first of all, there's no manual. It's so tough. And there are lots of books, but none of them matter because they're not about your kids. And there's no positive enforcement. There's just more messes and more issues. You get the hugs, you get the kisses, but so does the not stay at home parent. So let's talk about moving into high impact parenting from high achievement in business, which a lot of people want to do. Your plan, it seems, um, was full-time, 100 hours a week, just doing the parent thing, 15 hours a week for Aaron, and then sleeping. Um, and I, this Wheel of Life, it reminds me of this guy, Pat Redford, that put up this Wheel of Life when I was young. And he had his life 
in family, business, and self. And I went, oh my God, I thought it was just business and family. And it's really not even family, business, self. It's family, self, spouse. And then if you're working, whatever your work is, there's gotta be some extra pie pieces. So what have you done as you went into this? What were what were some of the um, changes you had to make to get positive reinforcement um, and to you know, feel like the progress is being made when it's so hard to measure with parenting. I always say you got to wait 25 years and then the other spouse takes half the credit. <laughs> so I think I went into it knowing that I didn't know anything about being a parent. Um, and so for me, that became, I, I need to learn about this. I need to find good books, read up as much as I can, join groups that can teach me things about parenting and start creating, you know, another community around the schools that my kids are going to. And when you talk about the feedback portion of parenting, it's not at all like a job. <laughs> um, and you have, you know, lots of emotions in young kids, which I have. So you can get you can go from really positive feedback from your family to really negative in a day multiple times. So there is, you know, a need to check in with myself, you know, when the day is done and the kids are in bed, I check in with my partner to make sure that we are staying on the same page with things and, you know, things are moving in the direction that we hope they will. Um, and then I, you know, I lean on my village, you know, the other parents who are in the same boat as me at the same time. And so when you bring it all together, you know, you can piece together, you know, I think I agree with you that a lot is to be determined. We'll find out as we go. Yeah. Yeah. But the the, the process here of your new role, and I haven't thought of this before, but it's kind of your process, right? So you're going to start anything new. You got, and wisdom, by the way, you got to be wise for this. So if you're in your car and you're like 23, you might miss this one. You got to know what you don't know. Um, and I find that as you get older, you find more things that you don't know. And like, you cross this threshold and you go, oh my God, I'm an idiot. I thought I knew everything. And now I know I don't. That's like the first step of wisdom. Wisdom is experience plus time. So you can get wiser if you have lots of experiences, but you got to have some time at least. Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence Bundle. In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disc assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of the show, you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com slash podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com slash podcast. Now, back to the show. So you, 
you, you know what you don't know. You're going to go start a business. You're going to start a new job. You're going to find a new significant other, or you're going to change your whole life to become now building a family. You got to know what you don't know. And so you go to your process of learning. So you've got your groups, you've got your books, you've got your community. You had your groups at College Works. You had your books, you had your community, you had your groups at Empire, you had your books, you had your community. Whenever you start something, you know, okay, time to learn. Then the second thing is, I got to build my kind of feedback system. Now at work, it's like closing numbers and conversion numbers and percentages and math and all this stuff. This is much more subjective. So it's a different feedback loop. Got to know what you don't know first. Second, build your feedback loop. Am I learning what I don't know? So you've got yourself that you have to check in, which we could do 10 hours on that. You know, meditation, therapy, gurus, all the stuff that Aaron and I have both done because you have to do that stuff because you don't know what you don't know. So you've got your self-feedback. You've got to set up a feedback loop with your partner. And in my wife's case, your partner might be an asshole. So you've got to kind of figure out a way to dial that in, and then your team. And you've got different team members. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. You might have a good doctor, a bad doctor, a good teacher, and I don't think there are bad teachers, but a less good teacher. And so you've got to vet your team and get feedback from your team and coach your team. So it's pretty similar when we put it this way, except for that feedback piece. So you're kind of manufacturing the feedback piece. And then the third one is you got to take care of the engine. So when we talked before the show, you talked about your focus on environmentally environmental sustainability. And so you've got this culture building that you did in business. And now you're bringing that culture and that passion to your family, but not only your family, to the school. And so you've got this outside stuff where you're feeding your inner passion, which is probably driving your learning. And you set up the environmental sustainability club at school, and they're going to have a marine biology lab at the elementary school, which is crazy. So what, how often do you think about, okay, I got to take a break. I got to take care of myself. I, and work, you take a break every, they say, work for 50 minutes, take a 10 minute break. Work for 50 minutes, take a 10 minute break. You work five days or maybe six if you're smart and you're taking a day or two on the weekend. You work 30 weeks and you take a week vacation. And family, uh, not so much. Um, so it's 2 a.m. You're always on call. Uh, but what have you started to do to make sure you get a break and make sure you're able to reset? and take care of your mental health while you're taking care of everyone else's. Well, so doing doing things around environmental sustainability is kind of my break, like it is my passion. Nobody's paying me to do it. I'm yeah, that's But you're feeding you. It's you. It's not your kids thing, it's not your family's thing, it's not your school's thing, it's not your home, your town thing, it's not your parents thing, it's your you thing. Yeah. And it excites you and motivates you. So what sort of stuff are you doing there besides starting the club at school? Well, I guess that's what I'm saying is that, you know, if I if I have free time on a Monday, that's what I'm wanting to do. So nobody's making me be at the school to create this club. It's fun for me. It's what I'm passionate about. And so and you get what I get. You get the sparkle in the eye. You get the couple kids that are like, this is my thing. You start to see the process and you're getting that feedback and achievement. Right. Yeah. And how often are you doing that? It's a weekly, a weekly club. Oh, yeah. I might need to slide down there. I used to work at a school. I did substitute teaching. I loved it. Especially that fourth grade is my sweet spot. I love the fourth graders because they're just like, you know, starting to see the bigger picture. 
Yep. My son is just wrapping up third grade. So I, I see exactly what you're talking about there. Well, and you've got three. We didn't mention it. Nine, six and three. Right. So you got a couple year and a half, two years till at least you have a little bit of freedom in the daytime and you're launching a business. Right. Because your husband is into tennis, got to start a business in your passion. And you guys have developed this ball retriever that is extra special, that fits in a smaller unit that you can take places, never have to hurt your back again. And now it's time to go to market with that. And you're working on design. You're working on the culture, the environmental focus. How are you phasing that in? And how do you time it with where your kids are? It seems like this is very purposeful. You're just starting it right now. Seems like you've got a vision of what your next step's going to be. And you're starting to put stuff into place. Tell me about that. So I've, along the along the road, if you had told me 15 years ago that I would spend 10 years primarily being a stay-at-home mom, I don't know if I would have believed you as I was. Options open though. Right. right. And so along this journey, I have I have dipped my toes in a couple of different entrepreneurial ideas and nothing ever took. And I think that you know, it's important to, in raising kids, one of the things I'm keeping in mind is the idea of like letting them fail and how failure is one of the stepping stones on your way to excellence and success. Often um, you learn a lot when you fail. And so I had things that didn't track um, as I was still building my family. And now as we start this, this rally hopper up, it's, it is intentional that, you know, we know our youngest is starting preschool in the fall. We're going to lean on grandma a little bit more. And I'm not going to be the one carrying the full weight of the company. Um, I wouldn't be able to do that. So, you know, it comes to the, the building community, finding the right people to put in the right spot. So you've been keeping your options open all your life. All of a sudden you have this option, you decide. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to just do this. I'm going to stay 100% focused, not distracted. And uh, Kids don't understand. If you're listening, you are one of the kids listening right now. Do you understand what your parents did? Do you understand? They sacrificed their whole life for you. But it is amazing. Like you just, and I see, I see dads, especially the mom's got the baby in their belly and it's growing in nine months. It's like, she gets it. I'm about to be a mom. The dads, I've never met a dad that figured out he was a dad in under six months. <laughs> like you've had a baby. Like I, I remember the day I figured out I was skiing. And I skied off the mountain and I drove to the airport and I got on a plane and I came home and I said, I'm here now. Took me nine weeks. Well, no, it was nine weeks in a row of business trips. So I don't know how many. My wife would probably say a year. But, you know, the guys just don't get it. You change your whole life. Everything's about them, which is all you want to do anyway. It's I'm not don't don't whine for me. It's all I wanted to do anyway. But you know that eventually they're not going to need as much. And like well, my kids leaving. They're gone. They don't they, they need me once a week for a quick phone call. I want more than that, though. Uh, so you're preparing. So you're keeping your options open in Moreno Valley. You're keeping your options open at UC Santa Barbara. You're keeping your options open in your first couple jobs. You're keeping your options open at Empire. You're keeping your options open because you got stock and you can sell it and have some money. And you're moving on this journey towards excellence of summing up all your efforts and you decide, okay, I'm going to move over here. But you keep your options open. Dipping your toes, you said. You still got the entrepreneurial bug. You already said you're a lifelong learner. So you're thinking about opportunities, looking about opportunities, planning opportunities, maybe building some spreadsheets. But here's the key, Gen Z. Here's the key. Aaron and I aren't Gen Z. We're patient. We're patient. 
So it's I just never forget Van coming in here and asking me when when do you make the most money? And I'm like, well, studies say in your 40s, but I think it's moved to your 50s. And he almost passed out. He thought he was going to be a billionaire by 25. You got to be patient and do the planning and look for the right time. So here it comes. Aaron's ready. Keeping her options open. Vetted some things. Check some things out. Been a lifelong learner. Been patient. She knows it's coming. She knows it's coming. Oh, yay. The kid's going to school three days a week. I can start, but I can't start full speed yet. I'm going to do a rolling start and I'm going to get some people in place. I can't do everything because now I have two jobs instead of just one. And you're in this planning stage. So you must have vetted a few things. You got something you're passionate about. You got a patent. It's something unique. And now you're going direct to consumer. How are you doing it? We are We are still figuring that out. We are that's the people we are getting the people in place <laughs> who are who are going to do that. But there are, I would actually say elements of the the college work approach of being in person, going to juniors tennis tournaments is going to be a big part of how we initially launch. At least that's you know what we think right now. I would also say we are very dedicated to this idea where if our first attempt at launch doesn't work, we're gonna try something else and try the next thing until we get the traction that we're looking for. And so you're building out your model patiently, figuring out, first you gotta vet the model, vet all the ideas. And I've got a sheet going right now with three different business ideas on it. 86 pages from the first business idea. And then I get to the point where it's not big enough. Go, what are my other business ideas? So now I got a couple and I'm vetting the ideas, vetting the ideas until you pick one. And maybe you have a couple and you're modeling, 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 then you have to test and maybe it doesn't work, but you got perseverance because you were working at all these different companies and you developed your perseverance. You've got the lifelong learning. You've got these processes in place and then you try and it does work. So Aaron's got to figure out, does she go direct to consumer? And that means they're manning these tennis tournaments and they're advertising direct to consumer, which costs a lot of money and they're figuring out fulfillment or do they go through some other retailers? which means they're business to consumer. And they have to have that type of salesperson with those type of door opening skills and understand that market. Then you look at, okay, what have I done before? Well, Erin's done both. She's done business to consumer and business to business. So she's got to vet her skills. And so that's what you're going through now on a very part-time basis. And then it'll step up to a part-time basis. And Erin's already knows, I don't want to change my role. I don't want to delegate or hire for these things, like that car time. Only time my kids talk to me was cars. No way I'm not driving them to school or picking them up from school. So she's knows that it's going to maintain its part-timeness for a while. So she's putting things in place and getting back into um, the process. You know, she's a hard worker. She makes an impact. She's building relationships and she's keeping her options open. So what are you most excited about in that business, in that business? Okay, I was going to say that's a that's a really big question in the business for Rally Hopper. Um, I'm excited that I am able to bring my passion for sustainability to that product as well. What are you doing with so so? Let's stop there for a second because there's some listeners here, a lot of them that have that passion. Okay, you take a, a, a fall retriever. These are how businesses start. You get one product that nobody else has designed. Um, Guy Kiyosaki, rich dad, poor dad the Velcro key holder on a tennis shoe. That was his first job. You may not remember it, but you put this little Velcro key holder back in the eighties and you could put your key on your shoe. His first dad, he forgot to put the phone number. They didn't have websites back then. So he ran all these ads and all these magazines and nobody called because he forgot to put the phone number. 
Um, that was his first product. So you start with one, you get that going, you get a name for yourself, you add others. This is that basket that you walk around with picking up the balls when you're a good tennis player. Wire basket, except where the hell are you going to get one of those from when you're playing by yourself somewhere? You're going to lug it in your car. So they've got a compact size, does the same job. Uh, don't have, and my back's all screwed up. So God, I wish I had this. How do you bring environmental sustainability to a metal basket? So it's in the product design when you make something out of mixed, or, and I guess I should say, I'm very passionate about circularity in products. That is a sustainability thing. When you create something, keeping in mind what's going to happen to it when the user is done with it. Um, and a lot of stuff just gets thrown away, put in a landfill. So if it's made out of mixed materials, that's inevitable. Um, so if you are creating a metal hopper, but you decide that you need to snap a plastic handle on it, and so now it's plastic and metal, you're not going to be able to recycle it. So we have been really... And people don't know that. So you take mm -hmm. Whole Foods containers. They're clear plastic, mm -hmm. just clear plastic. That's it. You take a yogurt or you take a drink box. It's cardboard in the middle, plastic on the outside, plastic on the other outside. It's not recyclable. You take a product that's made of, you know, a car rack. It's got plastic and metal. They don't take it apart to recycle it. So if something comes in, so a lot of recycling doesn't get recycled because we think it's recyclable and it's not. So you're bringing the end in mind again. You've had the end in mind. You've had options open all along. You've got the end in mind. You're bringing culture. We're going to care. No one's going to work with Aaron that doesn't care about this. What, what are you talking about? Who gives a shit? Let's just make this product. They're not going to work with her. So she's building a culture in her business and going to be drawing in people that care about this. And singularity means when you're done, it can be recycled. And it probably means you're picking the material that we have the most of on the planet that's the least impactful to manufacture it out of, which is what? So we are, <laughs> we're starting by building it out of aluminum because aluminum is infinitely recyclable. When you recycle aluminum, it does not degrade to a smaller quantity or a lower quality. Whereas when you recycle plastic, you get a lower quality plastic, less of it every time you do it. Um, so we're starting with aluminum. Um, we have ideas for like yeah. tennis string recycling getting looped into this process along our journey. But yeah, so that's what how I am bringing sustainability to what could have just been a product that, oh, and we're also um, wanting to build it in North America so that it doesn't have to be shipped across oceans to, to get to our users. Yeah, so I don't know if you know the, the reef sandal story, um, but they now make sandals that are completely out of recycled material and you send them back to them when you're done to make sure they get recycled again. That is circularity right there. They're into circularity too. So that's just interesting. If you're listening right now, keeping your options open, don't know which way this path that you're going up and up and up into is going to turn or split off. And you're thinking, what am I going to do? This is where the your focus, your passions. So you can bring an environmental passion into dentistry, into rocket science into law. Yeah, I, was, I was thinking maybe law was the only one you couldn't bring good into, but you can. And we really need people to do that. We, yeah, need, and it we need it pulled into all of everything. And whatever your passion is, 
Like I, I love this 20 something thing. I have a buddy that's trying to get me to start a business to teach 20 somethings that already are in jobs, what they need to know. Cause they're having a hard time with them. One guy was telling me that uh, they missed their sales goals in his mega company, mega famous, famous company. And they're all going crazy because they've never missed a goal before. They're like, where's my bonus? Like this sort of stuff. He wants me to, he wants me to teach, but my options are open. It's my passion. Probably not going to do that one. But if you look at Aaron, it's options, open relationships, options, open relationships, passion, passion, passion. And it drove her into one business and then another business and then into this wonderful life experience. And then now into another business. And then it's kind of checking in with yourself, what you talked about, being self-aware. And I, I don't want me to put you on the spot, but I'm assuming you've been to therapists, gurus, all that stuff, meditation to make sure you're self-aware. What's your key? What's my key to? Yeah. What's your key to self-awareness? Have you been to psychologists, psychiatrists, gurus, meditation experts, all that stuff? I haven't. I have done. I'm, I love doing yoga and meditating and I am happy to do journaling when I have, when I feel like I have time. So I would say there's three good ones. Most people do zero. So if you're in the car right now, maybe still pulled over from the last time we asked you to pull over. Think about what are you doing to check in with yourself? Journaling, which is actually reliving and processing and thinking about lessons and thinking about happiness and thinking about next steps. Meditation, it's learning how to focus and not get distracted. I mean, it's amazing. And then what was the third one you said? Yoga, yoga, yoga. getting centered, yoga. also focused. What are you doing to take care of yourself so you're ready when the options pop up while you're keeping your options open? So you're actually absorbing and not contorting the lessons as your lifelong learner. Well, Aaron, I've appreciated it. I got one last question for you. You've had a pretty full life right down the street from me, which I can't believe, looking the exact same as you have all your all your life. Uh, what sacrifices did you make early in life that really felt like a sacrifice at the time, but you look back and you're like, oh my God, that's the best thing I ever did. I think I sacrificed a lot of sleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were working too. You were working. I mean, I just had so many conversations with you where the object of the conversation was get Aaron to quit that other job. Yeah. And I, I think at one point in time, you told me to stop bugging you about it because I was worried. So was that it? You're just grinding, 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 just doing everything you possibly could. And you you didn't sacrifice fun because I had a lot of fun with you. You didn't sacrifice accomplishment, but you sacrificed a little sleep. I sacrificed a little sleep. Still sacrificing sleep? Oh, yeah. For those little kids, you betcha. <laughs> Well, you'll never catch up. I hate to say it uh, <laughs> nowadays because I'm older than you. If I go off on one of these trips where, you know, you're you're working till one in the morning and then starting up again at seven. Or if I've got a big family thing going on where I'm delayed, I get like two 13 hour sleep days in a row because I'm just leveled. Yeah. But that's after the kids stop coming in, turning the lights on and off, asking for milk, wondering what are we doing today? Like I never get asked that question. I asked Jill that question. We never get asked by the kids. Well, Aaron, I really appreciate you making time for this very important episode of staying impactful and moving from impactful at work to impactful at family and maybe back again. It's been wonderful catching up with you. Thank you for coming on the Edge of Excellence. You too. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. 
This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com slash podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com slash podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.